Zoom will give me a, a notice. Yeah, let's just take this on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, I didn't give you. I didn't give you much of That's a right. lead. I didn't give you much of a lead there. That's all right. It's uh. This is live. Real. Live. Real. We're not radio. Live YouTube. Live podcasting. Yeah, and what I was saying was Zoom. We use Zoom. Zoom meeting. Um, it's kind of like a WebEx for you guys out there that have conference calls and whatnot. It always gives me a notice. <laughs> it gives me. Oh, I did want to run through my favorite uh, workplace jargon at some point. I had one last week. I can't remember what it was, but one of them is bandwidth. Bandwidth. Do you have you a bandwidth we... for that? <laughs> right. If anyone's got some bandwidth right now, I can really Listen, use the robots are already trying to take my job. Don't treat me <laughs> like a computer. Uh, uh, one I do like is uh, we'll circle back. Let me circle back to that. It's not maybe not exclusive to to uh, conference calls. This but, is uh, this is not jargon, but I love when people at at work say, "I oh I must have lost your email." Listen, in the history of electronic mail, or no, they say, oh, "Well, your email must not have come through." In the history of electronic mail, mail just doesn't get not delivered. You know what I'm saying? It, it it always finds its destination. Maybe you didn't see the email, but the email got there. That's what... You know what also is bugging me? I got to show you this, David. Uh, you may not be able to see it because you're driving, but it's this, Al- it's this, Alex, <laughs> it's this Alex Kennedy tweet. Mm-hmm. I've, I've mentioned this on the show before. Oh, God. This is oh, what's bugging God. me. Giannis is 22 years old, younger than 10 players picked in this year's draft, exclamation point, yet he is blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yes, Giannis is 22 years old, but he's he is an NBA veteran. It doesn't matter how what the age is. The number doesn't matter. And I guess the line of thinking with those type of posts and whatnot and, and the age thing is that, like, if he's only 22 now, think of how much better he can get, I guess, right? Like, if he plays it's all, for another it's all 10 mileage. or 11 it's, years. No, it doesn't right. matter. It doesn't that's matter. That's what I'm saying, though. That, 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 that's, that's the thought behind it, right? Like, it's got to be the thought it's behind it. It's not a good thought. He, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I hey, know. we got a big show. We got a big show coming up. We're going to recap this Boston disaster. I know a lot of you want to talk about it, so we're going to talk about that. Also, uh, we've got a big announcement about some merch that I'll get to uh, after the intro. A lot more coming up. Nick Batum, Jersey patches. It's all here. So let's uh, let's get this thing started. No more bandwidth. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. I'm Doug Branson. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte on this foggy Monday. I'm joined by my friend, my colleague from the mean streets of Cotswold, David Walker. 
Man, Doug, I just let out two massive sneezes. Utilized the mute button here <laughs> and saved you guys your eardrums. But it's super, it's super soupy out here, Doug. It is gray and, and just really soupy. We need this fog to, to get on out of here. We got Monday Night Football coming to town. I didn't bike to work today because I was afraid. Oh. I was afraid of the fog that it set in. It looks like uh, what Silent Hill, that video game out there in Charlotte right now. Anyway, uh, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Frame Warehouse. Visit framewarehouse.net for all of your framing needs. They have the guaranteed best price on your framing project. They have six locations in Charlotte, so visit them, framewarehouse.net. Also, shout out to Patrick Ewing for getting his first dub as head coach of Georgetown, former associate head coach for the Charlotte Hornets, left uh, last season to be the head coach of Georgetown. So big, exciting news for Patrick. Was MJ there? Was that, he was is there. That, that, that was the thing. Man, that's pretty cool. You know who is good at basketball? Michael Jordan. Hey, a lot of you have been asking us after that Kimba shirt that we did last season, when are you going to have some more shirts? When are you going to have some more merch? I want to support the show, but I also want something in return. I don't want to just give you my money. Well, the answer is right now, folks, because uh, we've partnered up with tpublic.com for some awesome shirts, mugs, and other merch. You can check out our uh, merch store right now, tpublic.com slash stores slash Locked On Hornets, or just go to tpublic.com and search Locked On Hornets, or there's a link in the show notes right now. You can check it out. It's a great way to support the show and show that you are a true Buzzamaniac. And speaking of the Buzzamaniacs, we've got a few in the nest right now. The live chat here on youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. If you haven't watched this show live, you are missing out on... Uh, you know, just seeing our faces. We've got Steve Bob, by the way, out. I don't know why he hasn't come in the studio yet. Like he's not allowed. I can, I can feel him roaming around there. Yeah. Like he's like he's just not, he's just like a he's stranger. He's to jump back in. Like there's an alarm on the door or something. All right. Steve Bob's going to come in here in just a second. Hey, Doug, let me say something about those shirts. You know, we like to come up with, with cool designs, with neat designs, uh, NBA-related designs. But if, but if there are ideas out there, you know, no one's cornered the market on good ideas. That's another turn of phrase that I, I, I used to use at work all the time. Um, what, corner the market? No one's cornered the market on all the good ideas out there, Doug. That's a good one. That's original. Yeah, well, I stole it. But buzz, buzz yeah. at lockedonhornets.com if you want to submit your idea for a T-shirt. And yeah, do it. Uh, I know you guys have some ideas out there. Double M M15 in the live chat right now saying, "What up, Nest Jack from Scotland is in as well." And Deldrick, I haven't seen Deldrick in the live chat very much. So if it's if this is your first time, welcome in. It says Giannis is a beast, but let's be honest, he's no Kimba Walker. What's up, Steve? Yeah. Steve's in the house. Yo. <laughs> Steve's what back. What up, Ness? What up, Dedrick? Um, he, managed to, he managed to rhyme with Giannis. I never, I never saw that one coming. Giannis and Honest. Oh, Giannis Dave. We've got a recap of Boston coming up in just a minute. But first, an update on Nick Batum's status. His left elbow still in a wrap. But Nick Batum was at practice yesterday and participated fully. Afterwards, he spoke to the media and said he's been watching closely to see what's missing and how he can help fill those gaps. I just I don't want to change what those guys are doing because they're doing so good. I just 
what can I bring to help this team to be even better when I come back? I don't want to change anything, but I can see like, like not only with the ball, but those cuts and on the weak side, set up to pick for Marvin or Jelem or make a cut or maybe pass the ball a different way to Dwight. Stuff like that that I've been watching, and that's what I'm going to try to bring when I've got to be back playing. You know, he's one of the unique guys in the NBA that I feel like can really, really play offense, but he can really play defense as well. So it's just another guy out there that can really keep you organized, really help you out on both ends of the floor. He takes a ton of pressure off of everybody out there. So to have another guy like that, it's going to take a load off of Kimba as well, not feeling like he has to do everything for us in the fourth quarter. So I know he's excited to have him. So back we're going to get to uh, some of these fourth quarter struggles that the Hornets have and and did have on Friday against Boston. Uh, fourth quarter overall. The Hornets in 2016-17, 13th in offensive rating this season so far, 29th. And David, it sounds like what's been missing from the lineup is Nick Batum. It's 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 what they need. Yeah, there was a couple things he said in there that I wanted to hit on Doug. I know you highlighted one of those, so I won't steal it from you. But if you don't bring it up, I will scold you, and then I will bring it up. <laughs> Uh, but what Marvin said about uh, taking a little of the load off of Kemba, especially in the fourth quarter, trying to create, I think that's the biggest bonus to having Nick Batum back in the lineup, man. You can see it, especially in some of these recent games. Kemba is just getting rushed. I mean, he is they, – they know he is the guy that's going to make the decisions that's probably going to take the last shot, but it's tough for him to do everything. And he's trying to, too. I mean, you guys can see it. Like, there is a bit of forcing it. I'm okay with it because he, he's, he's a big shot Kemba, but – he needs some help in there, take some of that pressure off him, especially creating for other people. Yeah, that certainly was the case against Boston, David. But, uh, you know, he's he's an all-star, right? I mean, Kimba's mm-hmm. their best player. Mm-hmm. So why is having Kimba Walker be, you know, that front and center with the offense, why is that a bad thing? Well, oh, it's not. But but the but the opposing But having team. to do so, but having to do so much, why is that why is that not beneficial? To Kimba or to the team? To the team. Well, as you can see, it's, it, it, he's somewhat easier to take away, I think, than maybe some of the other All-Stars out there. Um, but he's got to have help out there. I mean, only LeBron, maybe Giannis. There are other guys that can take it over, but it's hard for him to create his shot and like those other guys do. You know, I mean, it's easier for guys to defend him, I think, than some of the other superstar or stars in the league. So I looked up uh, the numbers on fourth quarter usage percentage for Kemba Walker. 2016-17, last season, his fourth quarter usage was 32.4 compared to 29.1. In 2015-16, the last season that the Hornets made the playoffs, his fourth quarter usage percentage was 30.5. Compare that to 26.5 overall. Now you go to this season so far, we're only 12 games in, but 27% overall for Kemba in the fourth quarter, 35.5. That's up three year over year, up 5% from the last time that the Hornets played the uh, played in the playoffs. So obviously, he it's, it's clear he's had to do more, and uh, that's been a struggle for this offense for a variety of reasons, as David just pointed out, Steve. Yes. <laughs> no, that was a great – you know what? I'm just kind of listening today, obviously, coming in off the bench. But, David, that was a great point. I, I hadn't really thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. But it is – it does seem to be really hard for him to – like, he can obviously take over a game, but 
it is definitely difficult. He is easily stifled when you throw all of your defense at him. It's like, that's why we just need anybody else. We just need another guy out there. Batum being out there obviously helps a lot with that because he can create. Can you imagine if we had like another actual hardcore scoring threat creator out there? Yeah. That's what I that's what I was really hoping, you know, Monk will develop into yeah. and bacon right. a little bit. Um, but you know, those guys just aren't there yet. So welcome back, Batum, baby. And quote here on the live chat saying, Have they always put this much length against Kemba? Yeah, we're yeah. seeing that more and more this season. Uh, teams putting guys like Marcus Smart. We saw Jonathan Simmons when they played Orlando on him, and then DeJounte Murray. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of teams have big point guards or players that they can swap out, you know, put the shooting guard on Kemba uh, to try to slow him down. And, David, we've seen Kemba miss some of those clutch open shots that we're used to seeing him knock down, and you wonder how much fatigue plays a factor because he's able to get inside and finish. He had a great uh, finish and one to get them within one point in that Boston game. But then when he had opportunities uh, to tie the ball game up from beyond the arc, those go begging. And sometimes you miss shots, but you wonder right. because of how much he's doing, uh, is that affecting things? Uh, Hornets are bottom five in assists this season as well. 11th in that category last season. Over the road trip in the fourth quarter, the offense has gotten a lot worse. Their offensive rating has been under 76, and the assist-to-turnover ratio is under one in the fourth quarter on this road trip. You're you're getting beat every game, if that's the case. Like No lead can sustain that level of shot missing and mistakes. Uh, one other interesting thing from that Nick Batum piece, better, easier post-touches for Dwight Howard is what Nick told yeah. me at practice. He wa- he's he been watching Dwight Howard more than any other player because he feels comfortable with guys like Kimba Walker. He feels comfortable with Marvin Williams, uh, but didn't get much of a chance to play with Dwight uh, because, of the, because his injury happened so early on. Uh, so he really is focused on getting better. I, lo- I love the phrasing here, better and easier post-touches for Dwight Howard, David. That's got to make Hornets fans feel good. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say, Doug. I don't have to scold you now, so you brought it up. But Nick mentioned that. He's been watching. Hopefully that will help. Look at some of the angles, especially Kemba. I mean, again, back to his size a little bit. He's limited in how he can get the ball to Dwight, Doug. And you brought this up that Nick can pretty much hit every angle hopefully give Dwight the ball maybe a little higher so we avoid some of those situations where guys are are clamping down on him, you know, swiping at the ball when he, when he brings it low. I mean, some of that's on Dwight, but I think ball placement is going to be a big change when Nick gets back in there. And he talked about that before the season. Like, he was going to make a point of getting Dwight the ball anyway. And now he sees how best to do that. I mean, that could be a big boost for him when he comes back. Perfect example of what we're trying to illustrate here was uh, in this game against the Celtics, 8.03 left in the fourth quarter. Hornets up 77 to 71. Kimba up top, passes to Bacon on the wing. Jalen Brown on, on him, on Bacon. Brown bigger and taller, smothered Bacon on the wing there. Uh, Frank sets the mm, Frank sets the flex screen for Howard, who drives across the lane and for some reason spins off his defender, starts yeah. to cut down the slot, but Bacon already let go of the pass, and that, that resulted in what we called an aft turnover, above the free throw line turnover, and you know what happens on those. Boston takes it down for a transition three-pointer. 
the Garden gets on its feet, 77-74. They cut the lead to three, and it, it almost felt at that point like, oh, God, here it comes. Like, it's this is this yeah. is going to happen for the Celtics. Two tough beats there, too. And, and two the, you could, those two games back-to-back were, like, really good examples of how we're just not, like, a, a big market team. <laughs> For lack of a better word, those those two crowds get so insane when they could taste blood in the water, and I I felt like that was a big part of it. Obviously, like the game itself was was coming apart on us, and we mm-hmm. couldn't score. I mean, the bigger problem is is putting the bucket, putting the ball in the bucket late in the game. But uh, I was a little bit miffed that you know Kemba's the only guy on the team. It seems like that can rise to that pressure, and he was just not. He couldn't come up with it. So you really do see like when he's not. When he's not able to close out the game for us, we're just lost at sea. A lot more to talk about in this game against Boston. Lots of dissect. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, I don't know if you guys know this, but this is the absolute best time of the year to get something framed, whether it's a holiday gift, a home decoration, or something for your bonus room. Now is the time to get your framing done and get it done right with our friends at Frame Warehouse. We're proud to partner up with Frame Warehouse because they've been family-owned right here in the heart of Charlotte for over 35 years. They have the guaranteed best price on every framing project at Frame Warehouse. You can frame almost anything for next to nothing. If you can think about it, you can get it framed. We're talking sports memorabilia, maybe a poster for your office, maybe your kid's bedroom, gifts for the holidays. If if you can frame it, they can do it. The best part is that Frame Warehouse makes the whole process super easy, and I don't know about you guys, but I need easy when it comes to anything, but especially because I'm out of bandwidth, David. I need it easy. Frame Warehouse has framing experts that will walk you through the process and turn your project around quickly and for an amazing price. Don't let your prized possessions go undisplayed. Get it up on the wall. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse at one of their six locations in Charlotte. Go to framewarehouse.net to find the one near you and tell them Locked On Hornets told you to drop by and give them a Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Let's get into this game. Let's take a closer look at the loss on Friday night in Boston. The Hornets got to Boston needing a win to keep from getting skunked on their road trip. They caught a break when Al Horford was declared out, still was still in the concussion protocol. They caught a further break when Kyrie Irving caught the sharp end of a Baines elbow to his face and exited the game two minutes in. The Hornets were up 18 shortly after halftime, up double digits after three quarters. It all felt eerily similar to the loss several nights before in New York, and it ended that way. Boston Reserves ratcheted up the intensity in the final frame, and the Hornets ratcheted up the turnovers. Hornets lose 90-87. to David, I'll start with you and this very simple question. What in the hell happened? Yeah, you mentioned Boston turning up the heat on them uh, defensively, and that was a big piece of it. Um, Whenever you play the Celtics, these guys do not stop. And and, and in this game, when Kyrie went out, they didn't have Al Horford. Obviously, Hayward's already out. It was basically all the other guys that never stopped going uh, and you have to stay locked in for the, the you know the entire game, and that's something the Hornets did not do against the Knicks. They didn't do it against the Bucks, um, and they didn't do it on this night in Boston. And you add to that, they went ice cold. I mean, with three minutes left to go in the game, they had scored three points in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. Steve mentioned the momentum from the crowd. I mean, that was certainly a factor. <sighs> you know, as bad as it was. Kemba hits a couple shots that he usually makes 
and maybe they sneak out of here holding on with the win, but it just wasn't to be. I mean, the defense from the Boston Celtics, I think, was the big thing. They let some of those guys get comfortable. I mean, they really had no other choice with with Irving out. But interesting to me, you saw immediately when Kyrie went out, Boston was a mess. I mean, offensively, they couldn't do anything. Um, they couldn't get anything going. And the Hornets did take advantage of it. But the Hornets did never take that extra step to push the lead out to 20, right, to make it really hard on these guys to come back. And Boston found their sea legs. They made adjustments at halftime. They got a lot more comfortable. I mean, that's a sign of a really good team, obviously. But the Hornets didn't make it uncomfortable for them enough. And uh, so, I mean, that's a lesson learned for this team. But it, but as Steve Bob said, no Kemba to really bring them home, and there was no one else left to step up to make it happen either. Yeah, and Kemba got decent looks there at the end uh, yeah. to to make it happen. He had the step back there against Marcus Morris, and and it was a little awkward, but I think it was you know well within the shot he makes. And so it's well within yeah exactly the range of shots that he can make. Yeah, oh six from beyond the arc for Kemba Walker, and if you take away. That uh, Knicks game on Tuesday where he shot 4 of 8 from beyond the arc. 0 of 6 against Boston. He was 0 of 5 against Minnesota. 1 of 6 against San Antonio. And again, you hope that the Hornets reintegrate Nick Batum into the lineup and it can get uh, Kemba back in his shooting groove uh, for the year. He shot 38.5% from beyond the arc in those uh, seven games to begin the season in October, but since then, 27.6% in November. He is going to have to find uh, that ability to knock down shots from beyond the arc because, you know, this team is not loaded with knockdown three-point shooters. Yeah, just, I mean, way too one-dimensional when when Batum's out. It's, it's kind of surprising they've they've been able to compete as much as they have right now because the game plan's pretty obvious when when he's not in there, there's only one guy on the floor who's really going to make something happen. And you can see that when anybody else gets the ball in the half court. Our offense is is kind of tough to watch already um, compared to some of the exciting guys that are that are blowing up in the league right now. Just, you know, case in point, Giannis and, and Kristaps. But um, we don't we don't obviously don't have anybody like that. And then I think we're kind of misusing Monk right now. I mean, I know he's young, but. I don't like just seeing him stand over in the corner. He can do stuff with the ball, and that's what we desperately need. We need somebody else, especially with Batum out, to just like get out there and dribble a little bit and make the offense move because you see it once it swings around. Lamb will, will pound the rock a little bit. He can he can do a little bit, but even him, it's just like he'll take like seven dribbles sometimes and then throw it into Dwight. Dwight's 15 feet out and he'll try a spin move thing and it's just you know we we got to get some some more motion in there I think that's an interesting point yeah wanting to see some more offense be initiated by Monk I think you, you've kind of seen his decision making oscillate between being you know really on point and and then I think that that play against the Knicks in the final frame there where he tried sort of dribbled into the corner kind of got himself in a mess and had to dish it off to Kemba and, and that didn't end well but he did have one nice finish uh, or, or at least he got fouled on, on a play late in Boston so yeah he's shown sort of again that I think there's a trust level there not that, yeah. that hasn't been fully established for Monk he seems ready to go in transition I think he's 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 got his moves you the, the, the a lot of his highlights so far have been in that transition game and that's you know kind of where the game's heading right now anyways but yeah it's that half court where we're just I mean he does look lost in the half court I'll give you that David, uh, the inbounds defense for the Charlotte Hornets almost getting them back into this game in the mm-hmm. final few minutes, but it's the inbounds offense that once again oh, yeah. goes wrong. This is something we're pretty used to seeing 
as Hornets fans, seems like there was confusion the whole way on that final inbounds for the Hornets. Kaminsky uh, was the inbounder, was only looking at what they were they were trying to get something going for Jeremy Lamb or Malik Monk, and both of those guys occupying similar areas on the court. So it sort of muddied up things, and it was a good job by the Boston defense uh, to basically pay attention to the three point shot, three only. They were down, th- uh, you know, Hornets down three at that point. Yeah. Uh, so credit the Boston defense on that play as well. But Hornets once again getting jammed up by an inbounds play. It was a ended up being a turnover. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Kemba got a, a pretty good look. He was wide open. I mean, it was seventy five feet away. But um, <laughs> so could have been the optimal. Baron Davis <laughs> shot all over again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at that point, it was just one of those nights where you throw your hands up and you say, of course they can't get a decent look to tie the game. Um, it was a disaster all around. Let me just say, Doug, I think up and down the bench, like there's enough blame for that loss to go around. I mean, I think that's a group effort. Um, uh, you know, it wasn't any one person, but there was mistakes made by the bench. There were mistakes made by the players. You saw the difference when, when my, uh, MKG went back in there and they were able to crank up the defense a little more and get them back into it. You mentioned that trap on the sidelines. I mean, I would have maybe liked to see the starters get back in a little sooner um, while that game was still within reach of saving. But, you know, I don't, it, it I just, feel like they, they, they brought them in early. That's my – that's uh, – I mean, I, I'll look this up, but I'm pretty sure they came in at the eight-minute mark, which would have been – It felt later – to me, the thing was like there was, like you said, David, there was nothing at all. Three points w- uh, 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 in right. the first seven, eight minutes of a quarter is that's you can't let it go that long without getting just like you got to throw somebody else in there. I don't care if it's a starter, if it's me, Travion Gray yeah, or who, but exactly. And, and to me, that's like a game where you say, Look, this is a situation. The Celtics are down their three main guys. You've got to be able to put your guys in there and say, just go, go get us this game. I mean, at some point, they've got to be able to to kind of force their hand a little bit. Yeah, that, and I just would have liked to see the starters do that. That's yeah. kind of the point. We're not at the level yet where you can be like, uh, we're, we'll just coast on this one. It's like, no, you we we need those wins. And like, right. if you got to play your starters the whole time, nah, it, I don't you know. don't. It's early. You don't we're look early. It doesn't look very cool. But into the season, it doesn't I mean, Kimba, look cool. Kimba played thirty. Kimba played thirty-seven minutes in look. there. If look, he he comes in at the eight-minute mark, and I get it. Look, this is not. You guys are not sharing an unpopular opinion because. Uh, our Twitter mentions were alive with uh, people with pitchforks wanting Coach Clifford's and, head yeah, on a platter and, after this one. But cook it up. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes you, you have to shake it up. I know that's aggressive, and I know that maybe he did bring him back in a little earlier. And, I, and like I said, everyone deserves some blame for this. I just think in that type of game, it was a mess. And, and sometimes you got to say – our best guys have to go win this game for us, and we're going to just have to figure it out because uh, um, nothing else was working, Duck. I mean, sticking to the normal routine was not working. The shots were not falling. Uh, that game was there for the saving, and they weren't able to do it. The loss, I think, was most unfortunate because it, it covered up a lot of good that had happened in that game. Dwayne Bacon was unstoppable from mid-range. Uh, he, was, he kept them going. It was, it was incredible what he was able to do. Uh, Frank, so far... I mean, this is this is a little outrageous to say, but it's true. I think Dwayne Bacon has been the more impressive rookie for the Charlotte Hornets at this point. Hot takeler, not a hot take. It's, I, th- I think he's played. Oh, he's yeah. played well. That's no doubt. Here's here's what he's done. He's very played, consistent. He's played consistent on both ends of the floor, 
and he has established that like one skill that's going to keep him in rotation, which is his ability to rebound. Got a tough rebound there in that fourth quarter against Boston. I, you know, I think that right now he's been the one that has uh, deserved more time than Malik Monk at this point. And that mid-range game is crispy. Bacon Joe is, what is the nickname I'm going with. Rolls off the tongue. It's not quite... Bacon Joe? Yeah, you know, like ISO Joe. Look, I didn't oh, I really workshop it. that. I got it. Okay, that just flew off the dome, and it's bad. But but I did say it. Uh, no, he is, he's been great. And, you know, the thing to me that about him is that he looks NBA ready. Doesn't he look like like he's just body-wise? He just looks like he's been in the league the way he runs and stuff. Monk looks... Oh, yeah. He does run. He I looks lost. That. Bacon <laughs> Joe looks. sounds like somebody from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yeah. Seems like a guy... Yeah, he's one of the early Bacon. guys. <laughs> he looks like he looks like all of Tallahassee to me. Um, <laughs> all I of Tallahassee. Think, yeah. Oh, that's uh, yeah. He he had a he hit several big shots in that game to kind of keep the Celtics at arm's length uh, at a couple times during that game. So that was definitely good to see. Um, and Frank Kaminsky uh, did some nice things as well. Got back to shooting three pointers. That was a key for me. What could because if they're going to insert Michael Carter Williams back onto this bench. There's not a lot of shooting now on the bench. There's not a lot of space in mm-hmm. the floor. So you've got to get Frank Kaminsky out on that pick and pop, knocking down three-point shots. I thought he did a good job of that as well. But it was key errors. I think, you know, if you want to criticize anything from that game, I think it's the fact that Cody Zeller was guarding Jason Tatum at the end of the game. For me, I thought the starters, I thought he put the starters in early. You know, you got to, at some point, you got to trust your bench for a few minutes, but it was obviously in there. It's whoever Kemba ended up on, they were going at him. Did you notice that? They like Marcus Morris. Is Marcus on the team? Mm -hmm. Whatever. One of the Morris guys. The prestige. Yeah, he got caught on a switch against Morris, and Morris rose up and hit a tough, tough mid range. He got caught on Tatum a couple times, too. I mean, Tatum's nice, but. But uh, Zeller on Tatum was. They had. uh, So they had Marvin on Marcus Morris, and then they had. uh, They had Tatum on. Or they had Zeller on Tatum. I thought that was I thought that was a bad matchup. So I think if you could criticize one thing, that that would be it for me. I think you can, and I'm sure those guys in Clifford as well has things they could criticize about that game and themselves. And I'm not saying that would have saved the game for them. I'm just saying that was another option to look at. I guess I, that one just felt like they needed to do whatever they could to to get the win, as Steve Bob pointed out. And it's it's early. I, I do think we need to reemphasize that, Doug. It's early in the season. These are pretty bad losses. I think if you're a Hornets fan and you stuck around for not only the Knicks, but that Celtics loss was a gut punch. But it's it's super early and you're getting Nick Batum back. I think you can take some solace in that fact because they haven't seen the Hornets at full strength. We know from last year when they lose anybody, I mean, that's just how this team is built. They cannot withstand these long sustained injuries to key guys. And and, and everyone is key. I mean, that's the crazy yeah. thing about the makeup of this team. Every little piece of the main rotation guys is impactful. And when they're out, it affects how they play and, you know, it affects the results. So they've got to get all the pieces together. And back to the Kimball Walker doing too much in the fourth quarter, having to do too much. Uh, We have a a tweet here from, uh, from Rod pops 86 saying his teammates went 0 for 11. Would you trust them either? And it's a great point. Good point. We need a new team. Just scrap it all. <laughs> I would say, but uh, on that on the defensive point, it's get every everything is switchability now, right? And Batum yep. is a he's like the missing link in that 
if you if Tatum's on the floor and they can get him on Zeller or Kemba, he can score easily on either of those guys. And there's yeah. a lot of Tatum shaped dudes in the league right now. So there's a lot of them on Boston, man. Sports, yeah, that, they're pretty much all well. That's the thing, and that's the thing too about that game. I thought Boston that you know they're full of young guys, guys that are fighting for rotation minutes. Uh, Daniel Tyus played well. And, and there's there's Who a was lot that of guy? where did that guy come from? I don't know. They just pulled him out of white trash central casting. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this guy didn't win a thing. He won a contest in Southie, and they just threw some Boston dude out there. He looks great. I mean, he's the new uh, what? What's the Red Mamba? What was the guy? Oh, guess. Scalabrini. He's got to be the new Scalabrini. You know, those guys were going crazy for that trashy white guy. <laughs> All right, send us your thoughts on this game. Buzz Buzz at LockedOnHornets.com. Tweet us at LockedOnHornets. Okay, Charlotte-based Lending Tree will be front and center Wednesday night when the Hornets take on the Cavaliers. Well, front and to the left, the Hornets and Lending Tree agreeing to a sponsorship that will include a jersey patch, a place on the Hornets mobile app, and signage in the arena. The Hornets join teams like the Boston Celtics, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Philadelphia 76ers, and others that have incorporated jersey patches onto their uniforms. This is the first year of a three-year trial for the jersey patches. We have a picture of it here uh, from the Charlotte Hornets. There's Dwight wearing the Lending Tree jersey patch there to to stage right, his left. David, thoughts on that patch? Dwight looks like he loves it. Um, <laughs> That's serious. You know, I, I've tried to talk myself into these patches. Um, this one is not as egregious as some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. But selfishly, I do wish they would have just, you know, stick with the jump man on the one side. These patches, uh, it's not my favorite thing, uh, uniform base. But I get it. You They're know? a purist. Um, well, I mean, does anyone in favor of these? I, I don't, except for, except for uh, obviously the teams um, well, I don't, getting that money coming in. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's not. Uh, yeah, they weren't going to do that's it. What, that's, I'll tell you, lending no one's tree be in favor of more advertising. Lending tree is loving it right now. Their SEO is through the roof. People are. How, want, how many people go to lending tree after they're like, you know what, that they, Dwight jumper was nice. They want national gonna, attention. <laughs> Uh, Jack, Doug, Jack on the chat yeah. saying definitely not the biggest eyesore, but not the best yeah. looking either. So why not make it a tree? Jack. Why isn't it a little tree with money for logo. leaves? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, they, no, that, that's get the, me in there. Know what it is. Pay me that marketing. So money. visually, it doesn't visually, dominate like the yeah. Squarespace ad on the Knicks jersey, which is like it's half their jersey. It's incredible. Like, why did they approve that patch? Uh, their logo is basically text. So and I think that's important, David, because you've got Jordan Brand, you've got the classic jerseys. You don't want to take too much attention away from those things. So I think of of all of the options that they had, uh, yeah. I, I think this is probably the least egregious. Yeah, I agree. That's that's the word I, I just used. And it's nice. <laughs> all right. That's it. <laughs> a lot, you know. That's a lot of gusto from a guy that's not showing his face on this show. I would right say now. maybe you lended that word to. Uh, I understand the jer- the Jersey purists out there that hate this, and I'm not a mega fan of it by any means, but it is the future. We, we must embrace the progress, and it's good to see uh, from a, a franchise health perspective the Hornets getting in on the action with other major markets. Plus, Yeah, that's a good point. They do choose a business that is headquartered in Charlotte. Uh, they've got a South Park headquarters, but it's certainly not one – 
as iconic as Harley Davidson in Milwaukee or the obvious Disney in Orlando. I'm not sure many average Charlotteans know that Lending Tree is headquartered in Charlotte. They may soon know now, but I, I guess if if I want that, you know, I'm not like these are negotiations, right? These are things that, that are complicated, but just selfishly, I would have liked to see it have been more of an iconic Charlotte brand. Sorry about Jangles. Yeah, sorry, Bojangles, and also that doesn't do a lot to to dismiss the notion that Charlotte is just a bland old banking town. So we, yeah, like you know, it's like, like home we, loans. We have no it's not- identity. It's a it's a town built from people moving here from other places, and all anybody knows about it is banks, faceless banks. Which, by the way, not the most popular. You just moved back from another place. <laughs> You're one of those. You're kind of one of those, but I'm you're originally back, from baby. Here. I'm a new millennial coming in with my disposable income. Gonna lend it to a tree. What does that mean? <laughs> Why isn't it a tree, Doug? Why couldn't it be a tree? Why? Come on, hey, Doug. From a design standpoint, though, you're right. It's not. It's about as good as you could hope for. I, I think. I mean, I, I like. I get it, man. It's just. I don't think you need to be a Jer- Jersey purist either. It's just. Uh, it's. It's something getting used to and. I don't know, man. Let's go back to the live chat before we get out of here. Quote saying, I thought I would hate them, but they are not as bad as I expected. Jack saying, the vast majority of jersey patches haven't bothered me at all. The NBA has done a good job, I think, of keeping it. It's not soccer where it's like emblazoned over the chest. Um, No, they've kept it. They've tried to rein it in a little bit. And this is a three-year trial. So if it doesn't work, then then they, they, they may go back to the drawing board on this. Hey, you know what is working, though? Our our T-shirts. You want to go check those out? Head over to tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. Search for Locked On Hornets, or uh, there is a link in the show notes. So it will take you right to our store. You can check out some of our designs, which include a, we've got a Monk t-shirt. We've got, uh, coming soon, we're going to do a Bacon t-shirt. Yes. We've got the Kemba shirt from last season. We've got an NBA Jam theme t-shirt. We've got the... Um, the Buzz City intro, which I don't even did I hit I hit the Buzz City intro right the the new one that we've got. For Wait, the show. we got we got these shirts. No, we've got the well. I'll, I'll show you. I'll yeah. show you the shirts oh, after. Yeah. The show. Oh, baby boy, we got that. So we've got a t-shirt. Gonna give me one well. of those in a schmedium. Okay, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> if anybody out there is looking to buy me a shirt, oh. it's a schmedium. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Overcast, Pocket Cast, whatever you use to get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets and give us a review. It helps other hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this show. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com and your t-shirt ideas as well. Thanks again to FrameWarehouse.net for sponsoring this episode. We're back again tomorrow with more on your Charlotte Hornets. We've also got an interview coming up with Del Curry on Wednesday. So be looking for that. Big week for us here on the show. For David and Steve, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.